Let's do this second half of the sprint that is the final hour of the Friday show of Blaine and Mickey. By the way, Lucas, thanks for sneaking in. The Cardinals got swept by the Braves over the last three days. I like how you just stick that in the up, you know, in the update there. Like, I'm not going to notice. By the way, mm-hmm. we call yep, them Braves. And, and Braves fans are like, yeah, we're back over 500. Well, that means the Cardinals are back under 500. Oh. I've never seen two teams on a seesaw this year like the Cardinals and the Braves. One goes over 500 and the other one loses. Then the other goes over 500, then the other one loses. And then this time it's the Braves. The Cardinals put their closer in last night, and he walked four guys in a row before they could get him out. He walked four guys in a row. I mean, it, it was like Little League. Or if you ever played baseball when you were a kid and there'd be like the guy pitching on the other team and the coach would be like, do not swing. Do not swing until he throws a strike. And do not swing again until he throws a second strike. And then if you want to swing to keep him striking out, but you're not going to strike out because this guy's going to walk everybody he sees. That was literally a professional pitcher last night from the St. Louis Cardinals. That was their closer, who was an all-star, who could not get. It was the eighth inning. They had two outs and two strikes. And the Braves went on and beat the crap out of them from there. I apologize. My condolences. So that's how you start the last hour of the show, Lucas. That was fine. I get up. Braves. Had to get it in. It's a bit, The Braves have been fighting that 500 mark all season. Have they been over 500 at any point this year? Yeah. Braves they, fans are going to come at me. But no, I, no, I think they get there like every other week or so. And then something happens and they go back. And then, and then they get back again to 500. The fact they're one and a half games back of the Mets right now is pretty is pretty wild. I feel like they were five games back like a week ago. Well, at one point it seemed like the Mets were like, okay, well, this is over with, and and it's just never over with with the Mets because they're going to find a way to make things interesting. But we call our shot again, and you can hit us at Blaine and Mickey. You can call a shot uh, on the uh, Zone TV line. You can call us on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, 615-737-1045. We'll do that in the last segment. But um, my shot that I call might be that I stop watching these stupid Cardinal games because they just piss me <laughs> off every night. Sorry. But that's what you're doing, Lucas. He's like, oh, I'm going to mention this in the update. I'm going to get Mickey all <laughs> really, really, I just wanted to get in the gold medal stuff with USA Basketball. Yeah, he, I hadn't been wanted, able to He really wanted to bring yet. the H-Town Mickey out. That's, that's what well, he's looking for. None of them brings yeah, H-Town Mickey out like incompetence in his baseball team. Because here's the thing. We don't have Major League Baseball here. So that's like a life raft for my brain. Because all the other sports, we got to think about all the time. Like the Titans, then the Jags cut somebody. I, I know who this is. We'll talk about it on the pregame show and all this stuff. Baseball to oh, me is that what a, you do? Yes. Oh, okay. That, that, that's what I depend on you to do because I, 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 I can't remember everybody's name. Well, I try to remember <laughs> their names. So baseball is like a life raft because our – and I'll say this. We're the luckiest people in the world because our life is to talk about sports. Yeah, no doubt. Well, never. None of us. We n- – there's three people whose voice you hear on this show. None of us would ever complain one day about what we get to do for a living. We know how lucky and how blessed we are. But it, it's like anything else. Like my friends who are songwriters, I'd be like, man, I'd give anything to be a music, musician, songwriter. They're like, no, you wouldn't because then it's your job. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to crank out three songs before the end of the week. And I'm like, oh, I wish that was my problem. They're like, no, you don't. It's different when it's your job. Mm-hmm. So, so it's kind of a different thing. But baseball is like, like a peaceful island that I take – I take myself really? to, I put my son to bed at night and then my daughter realizes cause she's a teenager. Okay. I'm done with you guys for the rest of the night. You know, give me an hour of Instagram time and let me go my separate way. So I'm just like, yeah. And I go down to the couch. I click on the Cardinals game. You got control of the remote, huh? Wife sleep. Total. Yes. Yeah, she goes to bed early. Total control. And they can't even throw strikes. 
They hit people. They've hit more people. They've hit more people with the bases loaded, I think, than any team in the modern era of baseball. They're just awful to watch. So imagine the one thing, the one peaceful place that your mind has to go, and there's nothing but turmoil and just discombobulation there all the time. I've just had all I can take. I'm mad as heck, and I'm not going to take any. So every Tennessee fan for the last 20 years? Honestly, man, I, I, we got Mike Wilson on next. and I, Bud Dupree, is he, he's back yeah, at that's practice. Where get, that's where I get peaceful. I just think about Bud Dupree's big, thick thighs. So and Blaine did a nice <laughs> long – okay, Blaine's a thigh guy. So so Bud Dupree's practicing. They got a new backup quarterback. It's Matt Barkley. Can he pass Logan Woodside? I don't know if Joe Namath – Classic Joe Namath could pass Logan Woodside at this point. He's entrenched himself there in a way that no one seems to he pass. He did have knee issues, though. Joe Namath? At the end, he did. Yeah, he did. But this whole baseball thing with the Cardinals, again, uh, you know, it, it's just your one place where you can kind of go, and there's peace, and there's you don't have to cover the game. You don't have to talk about it the next day. and You can just watch, and then it just lets me down every night. And then Lucas brings up Tennessee fans. This 20 years perpetual rebuilding, then another rebuild, then another coach, and another rebuild. And the crazy thing about this, Tennessee has all the money in the world. They have all the resources in the world. Mm -hmm. They have all the facilities in the world. And 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 if you're listening, you're like, I'm an Ole Miss fan. I'm a Vanderbilt fan. I'm a you know, Alabama fan, whatever. Tennessee has all the fans in the world. They have tons of great fans mm -hmm. who spend money, Blaine, even if they're terrible. They go to Knoxville and they go to the game and they pay money for the tickets and they do all that stuff. Well, they so, pay paid to paid to party. Yeah, they paid to party. And that only leaves one thing: if you have all the resources, if you have all the facilities, and you have that level of fan support, that means there's been complete incompetence at the top level. That's what it is. And Chris Lowe has said that when we were on 3HL, Chris Lowe would come on and we'd go, why are they having so much trouble? He'd say it's because they have so much instability at the top. The president changes and the chancellor well, changes. Well, now it's stable, though. So It's, it's see stable what, now. See what it goes with. with now you got school. Randy and Dondi and you got Randy White. So you got stability. You finally, you finally got a chance if you're a Tennessee fan where maybe you can like pull the, the covers out from over your head and look out and see if there's some light out there in the distance because it does seem like they have stability there. But I told you, somebody tweeted the other day, it's like, tell, name something in sports that you're sick of. And I saw a Tennessee fan had quote tweeted that and said, rebuilding. Th that would drive me bonkers. But you have stability till you don't. I mean, how many Tennessee fans thought they finally had stability with Philip Fulmer at the helm? You know what, Lucas? That's such an, in I, I know, that's such an interesting question. Because there were Tennessee fans who I knew, who are diehard Tennessee fans that love Philip Fulmer that said they didn't hire the right guy. Mm-hmm. Now, some people said, Coach Fulmer's back all as well. Well, they thought that he was the coach. I mean, he's not the coach. He's the AD. Right. He's not the coach. But, but I knew hardcore Tennessee fans. And, and when all this happened and they hired John Curry, I would have hired David Blackburn. I was on the record of saying that. I would have hired David. David Blackburn had been in the building since 1992. It's like he had gone through this management trainee program of how to be the AD at Tennessee. And what they do? They don't hire him. I think a lot of Tennessee fans thought Philip Fulmer was the second coming of Doug Dickey, the coach turned athletic director. Yeah. And, of course, Doug Dickey oversaw right, the best period of Tennessee what, what, football. Yeah, what year was that? <laughs> See, that <laughs> is what the problem is. Yeah. Not, not too many coaches are now becoming ADs in this modern era. Yeah, uh, Barry Alvarez and then who else? Like in the modern era. It's, it's not that many. It's small. Okay, biggest. 
biggest Tennessee fan, close friend of mine, just said, you were talking about me. That's the way I felt. There you go. So Tennessee fans weren't totally sold on Phil. They they weren't totally sold on him. I mean, there were people like, look, man, I love Phil. Vol for life, of all Vol for lives. But he ain't ready to be the AD in the year, what was it, 2018 when he took over, whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, 18. There, I, I knew hardcore fans who loved Fulmer, who even thought he got screwed the first time he left, who said, you got to leave that and just let him be the – I said, make him some kind of ambassador where he's just Coach Fulmer. He goes to golf tournaments. He shakes hands. He kisses babies. He takes pictures money. of people. Pay him well. Hey, man, we got a big fish in Dallas who's an alum. We think you'd give a million dollars. Coach Fulmer, would you fly and see him? Absolutely. I'll go see him. And then you send <laughs> Philip Fulmer, and Fulmer closes it. You could give him a percentage of what he made. He could have been a lifer. Forever. I'm the, always going to be a lifer. Right. I mean, he could work for the university forever. But, like, my man had to carry his stuff out at the back door in a box when Randy White showed up. Escorted out. Sorry, Danny White, right? Danny White. Sorry, I'm thinking of Danny White. I'm thinking of Randy White, the former cowboy, the manster, who was half man and half monster. The manster. Yes, Danny White. Sorry, Danny White. Because when you said, I said, oh, I think that's Danny. Well, there's Randy Boyd, so Randy and Donny. But then I said Randy again instead of Danny. Not yes, Danny. That's why I got you to do the names. And then I totally botched that. I think because you have the Smashville hat on. <laughs> it's good enough. Randy, Danny, and Dondi. Randy. <laughs> Leading the charge. That sounds like a 60s folk band. All <laughs> right, we'll ask Mike we- and Wilson. I'm going to get his name right. Mike Wilson. No, bye. Bye, Mike Wilson. <laughs> well, we will say bye to him at the end. That's his Twitter <laughs> handle. He joined- We'll talk falls next. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Mike Wilson joins us now from the Knoxville News Sentinel. He is at by Mike Wilson because his stories are by Mike Wilson because he is Mike Wilson. Um, I think we're going to play you some audio in just a minute uh, from a certain Coach Eckler and just his latest round of unbelievably amazing things he said. But before we do that, I see Lucas got his hand on the trigger finger as Mike joins us. What's it like to actually get to see some of practice? Is it like the Red Sea parting? I mean, what's it like to see people practicing football to have something to actually talk about again or write about? It feels uh, naughty. Like, it feels like I'm breaking some rules or something. Naughty. Um, Like, it feels like I'm 13 years old racing to get the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue from the mail before my parents got it. Uh, That's what it feels like, is I'm not supposed to be able to watch this or see this. Um, It's wonderful. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen you know, live football outside of a game uh, at Tennessee since fall 2019. Uh, I mean, there was one practice in spring 2020. So th- this has been really cool uh, just to get a glimpse inside of it and, and kind of see what's going on with the new program. Mike Wilson joins. All right. This is coach Eckler for people who follow him on Twitter, but Blaine was like, I have to ask him about this coach. So let's give people a little taste of the things that he's been saying and skillets and all sorts of things and, and, and farts farts and anyway here's coach Eckler you don't have to be a real make you miss type guy but you got to be a guy who can run through the doggone smoke you know you ever you remember um Cal, or not um, days of thunder you remember when he dropped the hammer and went through the smoke that's what the video I show him I mean that's what kickoff that's what kickoff returns like I mean you got bodies everywhere man and you got if you're scared you better call 911 you you got to run through the damn smoke Punt return. Now you look like a you look for a fart in a skillet. 
You look for a guy, a fart in a skillet, a guy who can make you miss, you know. Guy one cut, get vertical, you know, that, that elusive guy. So it's a little bit different. And, you know, punt return, it's not like kickoff. You don't have everybody coming down full bore. I mean, you got windows and you got space and you have levels. Right, kickoff return. So there you go. Uh, I'll pass it over to Blaine because he has questions about skillets and farts and days of thunder as Mike Wilson joins us from the Knoxville News Sentinel. Yeah, Mike, I, I, I use your own terms. What is a <laughs> fart in a skillet? I, I'm trying to imagine, is that some form of air that escapes the skillet when you're cooking? I, I don't know. I just was, where, where did that phrase come from? I don't know. I mean, I, the phrase I know is don't defecate where you eat. And apparently that's not something <laughs> Mike Beckler really cares about. Uh, that, that was different. Um, Did you yeah. really learn it as don't defecate? <laughs> no, but I'm trying not to get you all in trouble right now. So. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank no, you, that Mike. was a good job. Good job, Mike. <laughs> oh, I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. Uh, yeah, that, that phrase caught me off guard, too. Um, the, the sheer image of a fart in a skillet and just the... I guess the, the point of that was elusive. Uh, uh, was probably the the root meaning was you're looking for someone elusive, slippery, can't take hold of, which if I had to guess what a fart looked like in a skillet, it would probably be hard to capture. So that's, that's what I think it was going for. Oh, man. I, I, I think he felt like he was talking to, you know, a, a recruit or something. It, it was just getting objective. He's fascinating. Uh, for, first media session we had with him, he talked about he wakes up at 3 a.m., doesn't need coffee, drinks Red Bulls all day. What? Uh, loves his chili hot. Got to have your chili hot was a big thing. He ran a, told his linebackers at Nebraska in like 2010, if they played uh, in a spring scrimmage, he would run a marathon afterwards. So he did uh, oh, just, yeah. and then got picked up by a cop on the side of the highway because he wasn't allowed to run on the highway, but he was. It, the guy's fascinating to have in a media environment. All right. We started off with some fun. Well, now let's get it to, how is Joe Milton and the rest of the quarterbacks doing? And I say his name because he's the one transferred to the end that they went out and got. Their so guy, I would think yeah. he is their guy unless he can't get the job done. So you tell me. Yeah. You know, in the we saw about an hour of practice uh, Wednesday, Friday, uh, about 20 minutes today. The arm is what stands out about Joe Milton. I mean, it the ball comes out a little bit differently. But I think that was also kind of known uh, with him coming from Michigan. He has a big arm, but that's never been the problem. The problem has been accuracy and touch uh, with that ball. So that's kind of the question mark there. But certainly when you see a team go out and get a quarterback after spring football, when you already have three scholarship quarterbacks and kind of a fourth at that point with Caden Salter, who was kind of in limbo, and you go and get another one, and that player chooses to come here as well when he surely could have gone to a less crowded situation. I think it kind of tells you the, the viewpoint on that player. Um, but it, it does seem like the reps are, at least when we're in there, you know, the first day was, was Hendon Hooker, Joe Milton with the ones, Brian Maurer, Harrison Bailey with the twos. Next day it flipped. So they're, they're giving all these guys a, a decent look at this point, it appears. So right now... Uh, what does he look like? Everybody's talking about Joe Milton and his size. I mean, is he that big of a specimen? I mean, yes. what was it? One of the Mays brothers said that he thought he was a pass rusher or something. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was a defensive end. Um, that that was kind of my. That's I'll say that's one of the best parts of having in person interviews back is the the fun questions like that. Uh, that's kind of where I went the other day was asking a bunch of players what they thought when they first saw Joe Milton in person. 
Um, and yeah, Cade May said he thought he was a defensive end. Jacob Warren, who's a 6'6", 250-pound tight end, goes, yeah, he's as big as I am. Um, he's huge. Just a big guy. Um, I mean, physically, in every way, looks like a just an absolute behemoth out there, um, which is interesting for a quarterback, certainly, what you can do with that in terms of him being mobile and, and making plays. But yeah, the arm and the size certainly stand out in a different capacity than what you usually see at quarterback. No doubt. We're on with the... Mike Wilson from the Knoxville uh, News Sentinel. I guess so far, and I know it's early, but where does there look to be some concerns, I guess maybe holes in the roster so far, if you see any at all? Yeah, you know, it's hard to tell this mm -hmm. early, I think, and it's hard to tell from what, what you see since it's obviously the team going against itself. Um, in terms of roster concerns, though, I think just the front seven is, is such a question mark um, in terms of production. Uh, in terms of names and, and who's going to play, it's not a question mark. Uh, Tennessee returns a, a whole bunch of seniors, uh, the COVID seniors, I guess you'd call them guys that came back this year on the defensive line. Um, inside linebacker has always kind of been the issue since Henry Toto and Carreras Crouch left. Um, Juwan Mitchell, Jeremy Banks, some other guys in the mix there. But the production they're going to get uh, from those positions is really interesting because this team couldn't pressure the quarterback last year. So you see a team bring all of its players back, but the players were unproductive. So it's, a, it's definitely a question mark of what you're going to get there. And where do you see the biggest strengths, I guess, before I pass it back to Mickey? Yeah, I think the skill positions have a lot of potential. Mm. Um, I think, you know, Tennessee has no experience at running back. Um, Jabari Small has very few carries, but looks like a guy who can make some plays. Tyon Evans is a running back there from Juco. Looks like a guy who can make plays. And I think they've got a lot of wide receiver options. Um, Jalen Hyatt, Bayless Jones, Cedric Tillman look like kind of that, probably that top group by the time the, you know, the, the dust settles out of, out of the preseason. Um, but Javante Payton, Anderson Kobe, some guys they brought in this offseason look like guys who can play. Jimmy Callaway, Jimmy Holiday, some speedsters. So I think they've got a lot of options at the skill positions. Um, and I think, too, if Dane Davis proves to be a reliable left tackle, that, that Tennessee has the chance to have a decent offensive line at that point. Well, with uh, Mike Wilson with the Knoxville News Sentinel. Yeah, let's just lead right into that. How is the offensive line falling into place right now? Yeah, I think the way it was the other day was Dane Davis at left tackle. Like I said, Jerome Carvin at left guard. Cooper Mays at center. Blanking on who was at right guard. And then Cade Mays at right tackle. Um, but I think the nice thing there, Cade Mays is a guard or a right tackle. So seeing him fall into that spot is good. Um, left tackle has been a question mark on this team for a while, even with Wanya Morris and, and Jameer Johnson as starters who both transferred out, obviously. Uh, but they haven't had that, that book, bookend left tackle guy. Um, and Dane Davis is a former walk-on who emerged in the spring and is taking first-team reps. So if he can kind of be that guy, I think that allows that, that unit to solidify because Jerome Carvin is as unheralded as a player as Tennessee has. He's been a really, really consistent guard for them throughout his career. Mike, is the walk-on coming out of nowhere, is that a testament to like, this guy was just way under-recruited, or is it like, they just don't have anybody better than this guy right now? Time's going to tell on that. Okay. Um, he did get put on scholarship in December uh, before Jeremy Pruitt was fired, so the previous staff obviously felt that, that he was a guy who was going to contribute as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I was at Michigan State when Jack Conklin kind of went that path, and I'm not saying Dane Davis is a future mm -hmm. top-10 pick in the NFL draft. Um, but sometimes those guys just on the offensive line develop late, grow late, kind of uh, grow into that, that body and that strength and, and frame late. Um, and th that could be the case with Dane Davis. I honestly don't know, but 
Yeah, won't be wouldn't be the first time that a, an unheralded walk on lineman turned into a, a starter at tackle in college football. I remember the late great Brandon Burl, Burlsworth too, who even has an award named after him. Uh, rest his soul. Uh, so. What is going on with D Beckwith? I, I saw somebody who was trying to compare him to Derrick Henry. And and they don't need to do that because they're different people. And Derrick Henry's like two inches shorter and probably 25 more pounds or, or more of just freak like chains and medicine balls and giant weights and all the things that Derrick Henry does. So what exactly is D Beckwith besides a really tall running back right now? Well, I think you described what he is right there at this okay. point. Uh, you know, he got a few snaps late last season uh, at running back. He's a unicorn, I, I guess, is kind of that thing. And I think that's why the Derrick Henry thing probably got thrown out there is just from a – he doesn't look like a running back. Mm. Uh, he looks like a guy who could play tight end, maybe wide receiver, but he's just very tall, very large. Um, he walked by us while we were doing media yesterday, and I literally whispered to the person next to me, great googly. Um, I mean, he's, he's just a, a large person. Uh, so it's very different to see that, but he is sticking running back right now. Certainly it's an interesting option uh, at a position, like I mentioned, where Tennessee has, I think a lot of talent, albeit unproven talent, um, but he's in that mix. He's in that mix to be that third, fourth guy um, along with, you know, Jalen Wright as a freshman and T Hodge, some other guys. So he, he's in that mix for now. Mike Wilson joins us, Knoxville News Sentinel. He is at by Mike Wilson. If you want to follow him on Twitter. Well, Mike, uh, naturally, always is going to be interesting to talk about the quarterback situation since it's unresolved as who the starter has. Coach Heupel talked a little bit about how he's going to go about this process of kind to determine or timeline even when he wants to name a starter. No, uh, at media day uh, the other day, I think Tuesday, he, he expressed that he'd like to have a starter for week one. He didn't completely shut down the idea of playing multiple guys. Uh, there might be opportunity there for other players, but... In terms of, uh, you know, whittle it down from four to three to two, uh, wasn't really an indication there. But a lot of the comments were, were, were what we heard in the spring. Uh, it's going to come down to trust. You know, who do they feel they can roll out there that can execute the offense, make good decisions, take care of the ball, all of those things that you typically hear coaches say about quarterback play. Um, but yeah, in terms of a timeline, they expect to have a starter for week one. Will we know that ahead of time? Probably because it's the Knoxville media market and that's how it kind of goes. Um but yeah, they they plan to have a guy, uh, and whether just that's one the guy? Only guy who plays or not, we don't know yet. Yeah, just one guy, or is he a is he into maybe two guys the first week? It is Bowling Green, by the way. <laughs> it is Bowling Green, and yeah, you, you don't know what you're going to see with that in terms of what the scoreboard looks like if you just play other guys to play them, or if you're going into that game gotcha. planning to play multiple guys just to give them a shot in a live game. But I think what's really interesting with this Tennessee quarterback battle is all four guys have starting experience. Mm. That's not something you typically get in a quarterback battle with anything more than two people. Typically one of them is a freshman or a redshirt freshman who's never played, but all of Tennessee's guys have started. Um, I think Bailey started three last year. Maurer started four as a freshman. I mean, obviously Joe Milton started in Michigan and Hendon Hooker has maybe 12, 15 games worth of starting experience uh, at Virginia Tech. So it's kind of a different different battle in that respect and they've got game tape on all of these guys already uh, which definitely makes it interesting to evaluate them as well mm, no doubt about it good stuff there mike uh, i guess lastly for me is uh what should be the expectation for the fan base because i think they can win six or seven games if they you know just play solid and you know maybe not nothing drastic as far as injuries or anything else what are your thoughts on what 
the expectations should be this first year. Yeah. I, I think anytime, uh, you know, you're at Tennessee, you should be making a bowl game. And every time a first year head coach gets in there, you want to get that level of momentum. I think it's achievable. Uh, there's certainly swing games on that schedule. I think Pitt is one of those early in the year. You win that game, the outlook changes in terms of how many wins you can get to. Uh, but you probably have to win that one uh, if you're going to reach a bowl game. So it, it's a nice non-conference schedule. It doesn't really have that, that brutal game th that you might have seen last year if Tennessee had still played Oklahoma as scheduled. It doesn't have that. Um, so you could see them win four non-conference games. Then you've just got to win two in the league. So we'll see how that plays out. But I certainly expect them to, to have a shot at six because they're going to be able to score some points. But I think what you said about injuries is key. This team's going to be pretty thin at some positions, especially defensively. Um, I think linebackers specifically in terms of talent and, and experience. And a couple of the wrong injuries can, can really derail a team that doesn't have a lot of depth. And, and Tennessee, to me right now, tight end is another one of those spots where there's just not a lot of depth and not a lot of room for error. Um, and I think that's how this season is going to unfold for them is not a lot of room for error. Well, naturally, since you brought up the injury, no major injuries or any injuries at this point right now that you can speak of. Not that I know of, okay. um, which certainly try to avoid those in, in preseason camp. Um, that's, I think every coach's goal, they probably say that every year, is try to get out of here with all your players healthy and ready to go. Well, with Mike Wilson, Knoxville News Sentinel. So, Mike, everybody was excited like about transfer portal guys coming to their school, and I know Tennessee fans took a beating seeing so many guys leaving that thing, but they did get some guys back. Which transfer portal guy has looked the best so far? DP. Ooh. There's a lot to choose from. That's, <laughs> I, 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 I guess. Know. 20 guys. Now. Okay. There, there is a lot. Um, I, I've been impressed with Javante Payton, a Mississippi state wide receiver. He's fast. Um, that, that group to me, like I mentioned, I think there's a lot of options there. So I'm not sure the splash that's made there for him. Um, I think well, Byron Young is not a transfer portal guy, but a Juco guy, he's going to make a big impact. Um, so portal guys, I mean, Hooker or Milton is probably the cop-out answer, but the one I'm going to go with anyway, because I think those are probably the two guys with the inside track to start at this point. Um, just looking at, you know, three days worth of it. Uh, it's not a lot to go off there. Um, but I thought Hooker, um, you know, he's kind of got the best balance of everything to me. Um, and Milton obviously flashes in some very exciting ways. So both those guys came through the portal. So there's got to be a shot there, but uh, Caleb Tremblay is another one in the defensive line, I think is in that mix. So I gave you five. That's, that's how I'm going to approach that question. That's fantastic. The more the merrier. All right. Before we let you go, <laughs> this name, image, and likeness thing, I, I I've enjoyed reading about the different things and there've been some products or places where I'm thinking, I don't even know what that is that this person is sponsoring, but sometimes there's just a match made in heaven and to see John <laughs> Fulkerson nailing down that pals endorsement in year six on Rocky top just tells me all is right with the world in some ways. It really is poetic, isn't it? And, and we talked about that the other day uh, up in Kingsport was just, you know, if he didn't have the injuries he had as a freshman. And then again, last year and getting an extra year from COVID, this never happens for him uh, in a weird way. Uh, kind of the way that his career has gone uh, led to him having an opportunity to live a very strange dream. Uh, for a kid from Kingsport who just really genuinely loves his regional fast food chain. All that's left is maybe what uh, Sundrop, you know, to add that to his repertoire. But uh, I can't believe nobody's endorsed that yet. You know, that I that's my training drink of choice is Sundrop just because that's mm. that's a very unique thing down here. Maybe that'll maybe you could endorse that, Mike. 
Maybe I'm open to it. They can contact me. My DMs are open. <laughs> at, at, by Mike Wilson. You heard him say, have at it. Not an opportunist, though, there. Yes, yeah. have at it. DMs are open. Mike, thank you, man. Have a great weekend and enjoy seeing practice. It's a whole new world. You're not naughty. They want you to be there. Yeah, appreciate it, Mike. That's right. They are welcoming me in with arms wide open and ready to go. Just like Creed with arms wide open. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, guys. All right, it. Mike Wilson. Always getting in a one-liner or two. All right, it's time for us to get in some one-liners and you too. We call our shot in the final segment of the show each Friday. You can get involved on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, 615-737-1045. You can hit us up in the chat on Zone TV, which, by the way, many of you are weighing in on farts and skillets. And uh, why are you talking? Mason says, why have you guys been talking about UT? They've lost to Vandy five of the last nine, last nine years. People getting their shots in on there. Why don't you call in? And call your shot or uh, hit us up there, even on Twitter, at Blaine and Mickey. We call our shot next. It is Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Again, what's up to everybody on Zone TV? You can watch us there every day. We'd love for you to do it. You can catch the Blaine and Mickey podcast uh, wherever you you get your podcasts uh we would love for you to uh listen to all the blaine and mickey interviews and episodes and uh give your feedback at any time by following us on twitter at blaine and mickey you may want to uh follow josh allen on whatever maybe he'll drop some money just follow him down the street we knew he was we knew he was going to get paid i've always said this and this son of a gun came along and he's making a liar out of me nobody ever leaves college and gets more accurate it just never happens. Typically, it does not. So I'm always like, if that guy's like a 58% passer, that's who he is. It's only this dude got better and more accurate in the NFL, like better at everything. And you were talking in the break about his maturation project process has been amazing to see. Yeah, it is. Well, first of all, he came out. This is why he went first round. He had a big rock of an arm, and he was a great athlete. Yep. And so you say, okay, we can work with that. That's why he went first round. And, and then, you know, especially when a big arm guy there in, in Buffalo uh, with, with the weather conditions and everything else, you can tell how he's gotten better accurately, you know, as throwing intermediate short routes uh, over the last two or three years. And then his athleticism, he can run the football as well. So he's going to be in the conversation, top five quarterbacks here in the next two or three years. He's already getting kind of the, some of that conversation. He was in the MVP conversation to a certain extent. You know, he was top, you know, five, six guys people were talking about at the quarterback position. So hats off to him, $43 million a year. And, uh, man, you know, hats off to him for putting in the work, though. He put in a lot of work. So, uh, yeah, and a lot of people could see that. But you just never know the, the work ethic of a player, even yep. at the quarterback position, that can he actually do it. You looked at the stats and what it says, and most people lean to that. And I would have. I did, too. I was like, eh. And then we didn't see a lot of them because he went to Wyoming. You know, right. and he threw for a lot of yards, but he was a little inconsistent. You can say, oh, it was his receivers. You can this and that. You can come up with any excuse you want to with anything, to be honest. I mean, they're coming up with excuses right now why Tannehill's throwing interceptions. I don't buy into that because I played the game. I don't buy into it. He didn't do it last year. So, oh, it's okay. No, you're saying it's okay now because he's got the big contract and he's proven to you that he can play in a regular season game and he's very efficient. That's why you no, you don't give your quarterback. For those who make money and those who perform – we ask the most out of. And so you practice who you are. That's what happens. 
There are no exceptions to that in the National Football League. None. So for those that, oh, I'm not worried. No. You, you take heed to it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say you're going to worry about it, but you take heed to it. Uh, you don't hear people talking about Josh Allen throwing over, you know, six interceptions in the camp. I don't care who's running the routes. Throw it in the dirt. Throw it low. Throw it outside. Throw it inside. Throw it over his head. Throw it out of bounds. Uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So, you, you know, so, yeah. I mean, 43 million, hey, man. That's off to you. That, that has to be number one now, right? 43? That's number one, right? It, it has to be. Now, Ooh. Baker Mayfield's got to get his money. There's no way you pay him more well, than Jackson, that. too. And Lamar Jackson, too. Is somebody else supposed to get paid? It's, ba- it's Baker and Lamar are the, ne- are the next okay. two guys because <sighs> their contracts will be up. So, but I, I don't. I don't know. Would, I, would, I would not I, pay them. I, I wouldn't pay them more than that. I, would I, I wouldn't. This is six years, $258 million. It's uh, 150 million guarantee. 150 million guarantee. Why is my my hand shaking? <laughs> you told it, me it just it just did that again. Your thumb was shaking. It, did. it just twitched like three times. Like whoa, that's a lot of money. Six years, 258 million, 150 wow, million guarantee. That's NBA money right there. Man. That is that's NBA money. Woo! Wow, man, we we're finally getting there. Getting closer. Getting you know some guarantees. And only the quarterback, so then they just start trickling down to the other positions. Eventually, it'll get there. It is crazy, though. They're guaranteeing people money now. And that, I mean, it used to just be it was a non-starter. With a signing bonus. That was all guaranteed. your guaranteed money. And now it's like first-year salary, signing bonus, sometimes second-year salary guaranteed to get to that number. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed money in the NFL. Because agents are like, hey, man, this is what we want. And and like this guy, Josh Allen, he just got it. Congratulations. Hey, by the way, we signed Matt Barkley. Hey, guess where he was at last year? Hey, give us some intel, Matt. We need some intel on the Bills' offense. No doubt. You were the number two. You played in some game. You know you know the weaknesses of Allen, what he doesn't like, what he does like. Mm-hmm. Well, how should we attack him? All right, we got to call our shot. We'll hurry through that. But first, people need to meet the hitman on Sunday. Well, well, this is part of call the shot. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. That's oh, how I'm, yeah, I'm you're make working your, the- your Sunday activity and to call the shot. Yeah, okay. Okay. Lucas Panzik, I can see him through six layers of glass and through the two working lights in here. What do you got, Lucas? What is your shot? You mentioned USA women favored by 18 over Japan in the gold medal game. I've got it 18 and a half on my bet MGM. I'm riding with that. They have been cruising. Don Staley and those girls have had no hiccups, unlike the men, who also could win gold. I wouldn't be surprised. But I've got USA women covering that 18 and a half point spread in the final. Okay. Mm. It's a big number. Yeah. Well, I got Nashville, you know, Grand Prix, you know, race here that's going to be here this weekend, right? Casanovas. Is that the name? That's how you pronounce it? Castronevis. You were yeah, close. Castronevis. Okay. I that like was Castanovas. close. Okay. Yeah, I knew what you were. That sounds a little more cavalier, though. I like that. Casanovas. I like either one. Yeah, he, he knows. Cavalier. He's listening. Ladies. He knows yeah, who you're talking so, about. Yeah, I'm predicting he's going to win. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Leo Castronevis. Oh, can I, can I add another shot? Okay. It's, yes, it's your show too. Oh, we'll do it. What? Roman Grosjean. I got Roman Grosjean this we really weekend know on who Sunday. That. Who who would that be? Formula Formula former <laughs> Formula One driver racing on the track today or on Sunday. Uh-oh. Roman Grosjean. All right. The he guy kinda, who walked out of a ball of fire last season in well, Formula One. He kind of grows on you. Mm. All right. What you, well done. <laughs> he kind of grows on you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, well also I, I'm doing something. Do you want to do your shot first before Yeah, I, my mine's simple. You know me and my and my knowledge of soccer. Nashville SC is going to beat Miami three to one this weekend. Miami has less goals than games. All right, Mickey. They have less goals than games. They're going to get beat by two, but they are going to sneak one in. Three to one, Nashville SC. Book it. 
right. Well, cool. Well, my shot is I will be Sunday, this Sunday, in two days, guys Sunday, Sunday. and ladies, 12 to 3. I will be at the uh, Sports Performance Center, TOA, uh, run by TOA and a whole group and hosts of uh, great uh, doctors and trainers uh, with Dr. Petty, Les Whitley, uh, Martha George, as well as Anita Slaughter. We will be out at uh, 1035 South Hartman Drive doing combine and assessments, bench press. Anybody want to come out and think they can beat me in the vertical fashion shuttle time? But, you know, it's all fun and games, but also it's a new building for performance uh, that they're doing from training there out there and uh, getting everybody on the right track. So come and join us 12 to 3 Saturday at 1035 South Hartman Drive, Lebanon, Tennessee. T-O-A. Yeah, T-O-A. Don't be M-I-A. <laughs> wow. The Grosjean and now this. I, I, I feel like you should just go to the next thing now, Lucas. <laughs> I'm, like I'm dropping my mind. Just go. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm yeah. done. No more words. And as always, stay safe. Peace. 3HL next.